we won't go into it, but then female hormones, as soon as you go get your first period, what like what am I missing here? Like I, I just seen there's a massive disconnect. It's okay for women to be on a pill that fucks with their hormone, but bad for guys to take testosterone or some sort of hormone replacement that fucks with their hormone. So it's okay for girls, but bad for guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're exactly right. Welcome back to the In-Situ Health and Fitness Podcast. We have helped hundreds of people reach their goals. And this podcast is a chat about the journey along the way, teachable moments and topics we think will help you reach your goals as well. If we haven't met before, my name is Jack, I'm the PT and joining me is my partner Mac. She is the nutrition coach and soon to be psychologist. Before we get into today's show, I just want to take a second and thank you all for your support on this show. This podcast has been growing massively over the last couple of months and we wouldn't be able to do that unless it was for you guys listening and supporting the show. So if you haven't already, we would appreciate it if you left us a five-star review and a positive comment wherever you're listening to this podcast because it does help us reach more people so we can help them as well. Thank you and let's get into the show. I want to talk about periods. What do you want to know? Well, I heard these two scientists talking about a study and it took me down the rabbit hole of hormones, uh, external hormones, like bring them into your body, birth control, testosterone, all that sort of stuff. So the study was um, done on elderly people over the uh, age of 60. So females over the age of 60, if they have a hip replacement, their all-cause mortality rate, so the risk of death, increased by 30%. Wow. 30% mm. just from having a hip replacement. And then they started going on about why this is, and it comes down to basically arthritis, bone, like osteo issues, or any sort of bone degenerative diseases. Um, and it all stems from going through hormones and all that sort of stuff in your earlier life. And then I sort of started diving into the pill, um, any sort of hormone control for women. And then it, I, I don't know how I put these together, but I just had the thought of like, if a guy was to start having testosterone replacement or testo, um, so TRT, testosterone replacement therapy, by the, like, as soon as they could have sex, and went off it uh, in their 40s or 50s, they would have all sorts of issues because it is stuffing with their hormones all throughout teenage years, all through their life, and then they go off it, they'd have all sorts of issues. But then women are told to go on some sort of birth control or hormone control when, as soon as they get their period. And it's, am I missing something there? Is it basically doing the exact same thing, but it's okay for women, but bad for guys. Yeah. Like testosterone has such a bad rap. Like I, I do believe it's heavily demonized. Like there is some circumstances where TRT can be quite helpful and can improve some guys' health and their life and quality of life and that sort of stuff. But generally when you stuff around with testosterone, it is very bad for you. Um, it, it has all sorts of side effects. Um, it can, we won't go into it, but then, Female hormones, as soon as you go get your first period, 
what like what am I missing here? Like I I just seen there's a massive disconnect. It's okay for women to be on a pill that fucks with their hormone, but bad for guys to take testosterone or some sort of hormone replacement that fucks with their hormone. So it's okay for girls, but bad for guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're exactly right. Ironically, I heard uh, a story the other day about how originally when the hormonal birth control pill was created, um, a few years later, they also created a male birth control pill that would kill off the sperm. Um, but the side effects were low testosterone, not low testosterone, well, yeah, low testosterone because you need that to produce sperm, right? But low libido. And the scientists were like, there's no point us putting this on the market because no male is going to want to buy a pill to stop them from getting a woman pregnant that lowers their libido. Mm. Yet, that's just one side effect, right? Whereas when women take any kind of hormonal birth control, you like depression, anxiety, low bone density, um, weight changes, mood disorders, low libido, skin problems, like the list of side effects that come along with hormonal birth control is endless. But that's the same as low testosterone. So if a guy gets tested and he has low testosterone, generally he'll be suffering from all that as well. Mm. Um, so, yeah, again- why again, do it to guys when you can just do it to the women? Well, like you said, <laughs> they, there's an opportunity there to do it for guys, but because it's gonna stuff with their hormone and have all those side effects, it's not okay. Yeah. But like even, I started thinking back, like I've got a sister, I had a lot of female friends growing up in school and stuff. As soon as they got their period, it was like, well, here's the pill. Like it's just period onto the pill. Yeah. That's that's the process. It's not even question. It's like- It's just normal. What, like, but, and again, like all this stuff happens. If you're on the pill until you go through your- Through menopause. Through menopause. Your hormone, like your estrogen is going to be non-existent and estrogen plays a big role in keeping your bones and your muscles and your ligaments and all that sort of stuff healthy. So if you've got no estrogen or it's artificial estrogen throughout your whole life and then you go through menopause and then you're not producing any estrogen anymore, your bones are going to deteriorate. So that 30% um, increase of likelihood of death makes more sense. Yeah. But then it's like, I can't believe this is okay. And it, it's so common and it's still so common. I remember when I was 14, I was a late bloomer as they call it, but it was just like, okay, you've got your period, cool. We'll book, we'll make an appointment with the doctor and then you can go on the pill. So then if you have sex, it's fine. And it's like regular, it, like the doctor tells you it's going to help your skin. It's going to regulate your periods. It's going to reduce PMS. Like pre-period symptoms it's going like they oh i shouldn't say all of them a lot of doctors put it in this light like it's going to fix all of your problems and make your period a dream essentially and you have to like the one that i was on and the most common one is the pill that you have to take every day because it puts like the correct dose of hormones through your system every day so if you miss a day you could get pregnant if you had sex that's what they tell you but in reality, a woman can only get pregnant six, seven days out of the month. Mm. The doctor, I didn't know that until, God, probably, I was probably 20 years old when I found that out. And it just, like, I'm all for hormonal birth control to prevent unwanted pregnancies and everything like that. And I know that 
in some circumstances, it is probably the right option for some women. But also if women just learnt how to do the fertility awareness method, like if they learnt their menstrual cycle, we wouldn't need to completely change our hormones. And I remember I was in high school one day and one of my friends said to me, because when you're on the pill, you can choose to skip your period. So what? Yes. I didn't know that. So you're meant to take the pill every day. Mm -hmm. And then when it comes to like, I don't know, day 20 or something or 21, you stop taking it and you take a sugar pill, which is literally just sugar, but it's just like you have a pill to take for the sake of taking a pill for seven days. And that allows you to have a bleed, which isn't a period. Because if you don't ovulate, which is what the pill stops, you don't bleed unless you have a whole other condition. But the, the reason that you have this fake bleed was to make the pill feel more natural. So when they first created the pill, there was no bleed, period, completely gone. It flatlines your hormones, so you have no hormonal fluctuations at all. And then they were like, well, this is not natural. <laughs> and women were like, it's kind of weird. Um, and back then when the pill first came out, it was illegal. So they... Illegal to have the pill. It was illegal to have the pill when it first came out because the church didn't want women to have control of when they could get pregnant and have children and stuff like that. Do you know when was when was this? Early 1900s? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, so the woman that invented the pill actually got jailed multiple times for giving it out to women who had had... Like the woman who invented it, her mum had had 15 children and seven miscarriages. Shit. And this woman was like, I do not want to go through that. And then she died mm. in her thirties because she had so many babies. Mm. Um, so she's like, I don't want to go through that. So she started working on hormonal birth control to help women prevent getting pregnant and having so many babies, but it was illegal. So she kept getting jailed for selling it. But then it might've been after her time that they added the fake bleed and they just sold it as helping women regulate their periods not preventing pregnancy Mm. so that's why the bleed's there to make it look like it's regulating your period but you actually have no cycle because there's no fluctuation of hormones it's the same for the whole month so yeah one of my friends in high school told me you could skip your period and i was like what do you mean i can i can't just what what i can't just turn my period off and she's like yeah if you just keep taking the pill So if I just keep having, instead of having a break from these... And not take the... Not take the sugar sugar pills. pills. um, I won't have a period. But you can only do that for probably three months and then your body will be like, something is very wrong and it will just force a bleed to happen. Fucking hell. I thought this was very normal. All of my friends thought this was very normal. And then when I was in year 12, one of my friends said to me, you know, the, the period you have on the pill isn't a real period. And I was like what do you mean? Of course it is. I bleed. How can it not be a real period? And she's like, it's, it's just like a withdrawal bleed. So you're having a withdrawal symptoms from the drug enough, like seven days is just enough time for your body to be like, okay, we're withdrawing. Let's try and get things going again. And then you start taking it again. So it just shuts everything off. Mm. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) It's crazy. Um, so is there a way to, because the whole, the whole reason I brought this up was because of like obviously bone degenerative diseases and that sort of stuff later in life because mm-hmm. the risk of death increases dramatically. Yeah. Can you take the pill 
and be healthy and like I'm just trying to think of like how guy like again test low testosterone is very unhealthy mm-hmm. high testosterone a high natural level of testosterone but that's different for every single guy is very healthy and there's good ways to do that um, to raise your testosterone naturally so eating pr- good food uh, working out lifting decent weights resistance training all that sort of stuff being active not too much screen time sleeping properly all that sort of stuff will raise your testosterone and you don't even actually need to ingest or inject testosterone you can just do all those things and it will increase naturally and you'll be healthier put on muscle carry less body fat have stronger bones be healthier be happier have better sex drive all that sort of stuff so that's for a guy Mm -hmm. can you be on birth control hormone control whatever you want to call it and do those things and have decent hormone like i'm just trying to like again i'm not saying i have all the answers we don't have all the answers i just wanted to bring up this conversation because for me i was just like holy shit like realizing all this so there are a lot of different kinds of hormonal birth control now like you can get an injection you can get an iud which is like a t-shaped thing that goes is inserted into your uterus and it's always slowly dripping out the fake hormones like you can take multiple different kinds of pills. You can get a bar in your arm that slowly drips out the hormones. You can get like rings and there's classic condoms. <laughs> like there's a lot of things and a lot of the different types of birth controls release different hormones. But the most, let's just go with the most common one and the one that I'm familiar with and have done a lot of research on, which is the pill. And you can do as much as you possibly can, as much as in your power in regards to everything you just listed, like exercise, sleep, nutrition, and it's going to make your body healthy, but it probably won't do anything for your hormones if you are taking that pill every day. Wow. Because the pill's job is to prevent any kind of hormone fluctuation. It wants to keep it flatlined so that you don't ovulate and you can't get pregnant. Mm. Um, and just one side fact, a lot of people don't think guys' hormones fluctuate, but uh, testosterone fluctuates quite a lot. So if you're stressed, overworked, not getting much sun and you're in a dark, dingy room doing a heap of work and all that sort of stuff, your, your testosterone will drop, but it can pick back up within a day of doing the right things. It's not gonna go to optimal levels, but it, will, it does go up and down. Like, in so, a short window though, right? Yeah, so um, you know, there's studies where, little sidetrack, but where they got guys to watch porn before they did a workout to see what happened to their testosterone, if there was any benefits to, um, you know, lifting more weight and that sort of stuff. And there wasn't, they just mm. got aroused. And their <laughs> their t- testosterone might've raised a little bit, but there wasn't any benefit to the workout. Um, so that's how little it can fluctuate. So guys do have fluctuating hormones as well. Mm-hmm. Funny, like it's funny though that the whole, a lot of the reason women were excluded from voting the workforce, university, whatever, for a very long time was because men thought that they were too unpredictable because our hormones change so much. Hmm. Whereas yours can change a lot within a 24-hour period, right? Well, yeah, that's like, let's just take politics into example. Like if, if a politician was at home having a conversation with his partner and talking in a like a realistic way, having a good conversation about realistic ways to solve a problem, 
soon as he goes into a group of men in a closed room, his testosterone naturally raises mm. and his judgment is impaired because he's trying to be better than those other guys. So it's not really rational anymore. So it can just be that. Like yeah. guys just being around other guys can raise your testosterone depending on what is happening in the room. Mm. Whereas ironically with women, ours is predictable. It's, yeah. Unless you have some sort of hormonal imbalance, it's the same every 29 to 32 days. Mm. So like before, after you have your period, estrogen peaks and then it will drop again when you ovulate and then progesterone will peak after that every 28 days. That's what happens. Like there's no, there's no other fluctuations that come out of nowhere. There's no other, mm. like it's not like testosterone where it can just go up and down without any warning, you know, mm. like it is set in stone. This is the site, like this is a 28 day cycle. This is what to expect. And women got excluded from so many, so many things because we were considered unpredictable. Um, and that's, women are excluded from a lot of science um, experiments yeah. or studies as well. This actually came up with a client during the week. Uh, we had a chat with Rebecca Edwards from AXP. Um, so again, strongly recommend going back and listen to that, that episode. Great episode on, um, gut bacteria and how it can actually improve your recovery and their supplements and that sort of stuff. Episode 110. Yeah. Um, and a client I was talking to, she's like, it was a great episode, but why wasn't the study, why wasn't women, weren't women included in the study? Cause they're, they're all peer reviewed, double blind studies, but they're all done on men. Mm-hmm. And, it, and you can go through pretty much, it's changing a little bit now, but pretty much every supplement any sort of test or thing that is going to improve somebody's health and well-being, make you stronger, make you faster, all that sort of stuff, it's done on men because men don't have menstrual cycles. Yeah, I was, when we did that um, episode and Rebecca said, oh, it was just all males that I can't remember did or didn't exercise, I was like, oh. Because that, like, for me, buying a product like I know a lot of people don't think about why they're buying a product, where it came from, how it came to be on the market, but women having a menstrual cycle and having a period makes our gut bacteria so, so, so different to men. So, so, so different throughout the month. Mm. So because different times of the month, we need different vitamins and minerals and more or less fiber because of the menstrual cycle and to help with avoiding constipation or diarrhea because our hormones change so much. So does our gut bacteria and it's, I don't know. It skews the results. So um, where you might get 20% increase in muscle mass with guys because women go through a cycle of not being able to build as much muscle, it would skew the results. So I might bring it down to 12%. So it doesn't look as good and you can't sell it as well or nobody endorses it and gives money into that research because the results aren't really there. Mm. So that's why it's always done on guys. Um, I actually did a course maybe last year or the year before, and I was trying to find, I found studies that indicated sleep raises testosterone in men, and I could not find anything to do with um, estrogen, like sleep raising estrogen for women. Mm-hmm. And I asked the, um, the professor that was taking the course, and I said, what's the go? And he just said, Jack, there isn't any. Yeah. Like he just said, there's none. You won't find any. And I was like, what the hell? Like, and he explained that to me. Like, no one will do it because the money's not there. Yeah. 
And it is hard, like, because I guess the studies probably have to go for longer because you have to wait. Like, rather than doing the study over six weeks, you might have to do it over three months because mm. that's... Which it. costs more money yeah. and then you know the results aren't going to be as high, so yeah. no one's going to pay for it. But there are a lot more women in science now, so a lot more women putting in the time and effort to know what the fuck is going on yeah, with their bodies. Yeah, 100%. It's starting to change. It's just going to take time. Yeah. Like, um, creatine is one of the widely used supplements one of the best supplements out there you can use for your health we know that because they've been studying it for like 30 years mm. where there's all these experiments and all that sort of stuff and studies are only been done on women for the last couple of years so it's just going to take time for it to catch up um all right we got off topic there a little bit so if uh somebody is on birth control what do you recommend recommend they do I want to say go and talk to your doctor about what your options are, but in saying that you need to do your research first and have questions prepared for when they say, like if you have gone, let's just take my case for example, I went on birth control when I was young to fix heavy periods, I think, I don't even remember, it was so long ago, um, and then when I went to the doctor and said I wanted to get off it, the doctor said, do you want to get pregnant? That's And I was... How old was I? We were dating when I went off it, like 21. Mm. Um, so, and then they said, do you want to get pregnant? And I was like, well, no. And they're like, well, if you get off the pill now, then shit's going to go crazy. Your skin's probably going to go back to being bad because you're going to get crazy cycles. There's no guarantee that like your, your hormones will go crazy. Um, all this stuff and scared the shit out of me. And I was like, oh okay and then I think I sat on it for a bit longer and then I just went off it by myself but I guess my recommendation would be to do your research message me and we can talk about it because I've I've worked with a lot of women who have gone through going off it and like once you stop taking the pill there's no guarantee that your period will come back anyway so take for example I went on when I was 14 years old they say you should have 12 cycles, so at least 12 months of periods before your body realizes what the fuck is going on and what's happening with your hormones. So I wouldn't have even had 12 months of periods. So then you get off it and then realistically, you're probably going to have all of the side effects that you get when you very first get your period. I'm just gonna go on a little tangent for a second, but just think about it like a riverbed right so when you your hormones first start to change and you get your first period it's like a tiny little bit of water in the riverbed and the more periods you get the deeper and more formed the riverbed bed the riverbed will get so you will have less symptoms and it will just be normal water flowing through the river but at the start it's like it's small and it doesn't really have any shape and it doesn't really know where the water's going so the more cycles you have the more in shape i guess it is does that make sense mm-hmm. So then you stop that before the riverbed has formed and then the riverbed just dries up. I'm not saying the riverbed is like metaphorical for uterus or anything, but that's just the pattern of the hormones. So then when you go off the pill, just expect that it's, it might not be fun. <laughs> but you just have to stick it out and like really dial in your diet. Make sure you're eating like lots of leafy greens and omega-3s and nuts and seeds. Like everything we talk about normally You want to make sure you're doing strength training to try and counteract some of the negative effects that it's had on your bone density and your brain connection. There's a lot of research starting to come out about the pill 
hormones, menstrual cycle, and the brain. Another tangent. <laughs> this is just a great topic for me. Sorry, everybody. But another tangent is that when you go on the pill when you're young, obviously, I think I've spoken about on the podcast before how your brain is still forming connections and neurons are still forming strong synapses and everything like that. So then when you go on the pill, you don't really form as much of a personality and you don't have as many creative ideas. You can't think as critically because it inhibits your ability to form strong new brain connections between your neurons, which, what the fuck? Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. What, what, what was your question again? <laughs> <laughs> What's my advice? Yeah. Just do, well, do your research, make sure your diet and lifestyle is as healthy as possible. And I guess make sure you have questions prepared for your doctor if you want to go through the process with your doctor's help. Mm. Um, I would just say, so strength training, resistance training is the best thing you can do to increase your bone density. So even these two scientists started talking about how, even if your hormones were completely stuffed up and you went through menopause and it, your estrogen was gone, strength training does increase your bone density. And strength training, not CrossFit, not functional fitness, I'm talking about traditional resistance strength training. You can do all that other stuff, but make sure you have that base of resistance training as the minimum thing that you do to improve your health. Yeah. Um, so I can't stress that enough as well. And I will say, if you do have a natural cycle now and you aren't on hormonal birth control but you have been considering or if you're considering coming off hormonal birth control and it's going to take a while for your periods to get back to normal just know that seriously bad pms symptoms are not normal i feel like that's a lot of the reason people go on the pill and they're like if i get off the pill then i'm gonna have really bad pms again or really bad heavy periods or really bad skin the pill does not fix any of those things it just puts a band-aid on it until you come off it. Mm. So you have to, if you remember having any of those bad conditions before the pill, then start looking into how you can fix them for when you come off the pill because the Band-Aid will fall off eventually. Mm. But there's a lot of, like any hormonal imbalances that you have, your diet and lifestyle can fix, unless it's a serious medical condition like endometriosis or PCOS, but that's a whole nother thing. So just remember your diet and lifestyle can fix any hormonal imbalances you have. Are we connected on Instagram? If not, make sure you head over to our pages, both Mac and I, and give us a follow. We'll give you a follow back and you can enter into the discussion. A lot of these topics we talk about, Mac and I post about on Instagram and would love your input. We'd love your ideas, your theories, and your opinions on these topics. So make sure you head into the show notes where you'll find our handles for Instagram and if you haven't already, make sure you follow us and we'll continue the conversation there. So I never thought I'd say this about a food documentary on a streaming service, but I recommend everybody go and watch this one. Uh, what was it? The Next Thing You Eat. This was actually one of the best food documentaries I've ever seen and I actually recommend everybody go and watch it. Now, I say that because there's been other docos like... Seaspiracy, What the Health, 
Cowspiracy. There's a couple other ones in game there. Game changes. Game changes. And they're like, this is the issue and this is what we've got to do and there's no other way. You've got to do this. Don't eat meat. You've got to eat all vegetables and this is the only way you've got to do it. Meat's bad. Vegetable's good. Eggs cause cancer. <laughs> this is what we've got to do. Uh, yeah, eggs cause cancer, all that sort of stuff. So all of those ones are very one-sided. They give an issue and they're like, this is what you have to do to fix it. Where this one was like, here's all the issues. Here's a couple of solutions. I'm not saying that he, like, in this, he's not saying he has all the answers. He's just like, here's all the information. Mm. Here's the issues. Here's what people are trying to do to overcome them. You make up your own mind on what you think is ethical, right for you, and all that sort of stuff. I I thought it was so well done, um, and it was a pleasant change (laughs) to most food documentaries. Yeah. I, yeah, I really enjoyed it too. It, I don't know, it just showed, I, I really liked the guy, I don't even know his name, the uh, host or yeah, I've whatever. I've never seen him before. He brought a bit of humour to like issues that are going to be in the future and they talked about the future a lot. Mm. Um, and like he just, I don't know, he sort of, like you said, he just brought solutions that aren't like you're an idiot stop eating meat Mm. and everything like that he's like and i think because he's a chef he appreciates food a lot more and like they spoke about the culture behind food and pretty much just how like the world is eating too much and eventually we're going to run out but that doesn't mean we're going to die Mm. like people are inventing new options all the time and they're trying to help like the environment and the fish and I don't know, whatever else. There was a few episodes too. It was like a mini series. So each episode had a different topic. The first one was about how COVID affected the food industry. Mm. And he was basically like, the food industry was in a bubble and he said it was gonna pop. You just didn't realize it was gonna be a worldwide uh, pandemic pandemic to to do it. So he said, because he was saying like how overpriced everything was. All these chefs are getting paid ridiculous prices to do ridiculous things. And he said, this is his words, not mine, but he just said the food industry was in a bubble and it needed to pop. So food was a lot more realistic. Mm. And I, 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 again, I'm a bit of a foodie. I enjoy food. I enjoy good foods, but I didn't really like, because obviously I think he had couple of restaurants i think he had at least two in new york and a couple around america mm. um i can't remember what they were called but i'm assuming they were decent because he was in quite a lot of magazines and that sort of stuff so yeah that was quite interesting to see that side of the uh, restaurant industry i guess you'd say uh the second one i found quite interesting it was about meat production mm. and how like you know he they talk about burgers but then secretly they're talking about how people overconsume meat and all that sort of stuff. And he did say like um, farm, uh, factory farm meat is bad, but he also said his farmers doing the right thing and raising it how people were doing two, 300 years ago before the industrial revolution come. Mm. And he's not, he's not saying don't eat meat, he's saying how about we do it this way. But then he also go, went into how um, they're growing meat in like, laboratories and that sort of stuff and it actually looked very similar yeah i was actually expecting the steak to look completely different i don't know why you just think a bit of steak getting grown in a lab would just be a lump of brown Mm -hmm. reddish goo 
but it actually looked like an actual steak. It had fat, like fat veins, veins through it and all that sort of stuff. So it was actually pretty cool to see that. Um, and then like he did touch on the whole everybody going vegan because meat's so bad, but then like how much land has been demolished to plant soy trees. Mm. Uh, on another topic, on, on a completely different show, this just come up, but the Amazon used to be 7 million hectares. It's now, I think, down to 5 million hectares because wow. one of the governments that, uh, one of the countries that have a part of it okayed to be demolished to plant soy trees. What? Yeah. Uh, I could have numbers there, but it was two or three million hectares got Fine. demolished of the Amazon to plant soy trees. So it's, everything's for money. Yeah. Like in relation to the whole cows and land and soy and everything like that, um, in my biology unit a couple of weeks ago, I learned about a theory called... The, the the balance of comms, I think it is. I could, I can't remember now. That's bad. I, that means I didn't learn it very well. <laughs> anyway, um, and the theory is that like when men started doing agriculture and using land and everything like that, there was this theory that if there's eight men that live on this piece of land and they all come to the pond and they catch one fish every day, and they eat that fish and that's all that they take from the pond, then that's fine. The fish can survive from that and repopulate and everyone will always be able to have one fish a day. But then if one guy thinks, oh, I'm just gonna be sneaky and take two fish from the pond and then someone else thinks no one else is taking two fish, I'm gonna take two fish from the pond and then someone else and someone else, the pond is empty because the fish don't have enough time to repopulate. Mm. And that's like the same with land. Like if five people have cows on the land and the cows have enough grass, but then another guy's like, oh, if I have two cows, I can have, get double the amount of money, so I'll put two cows. And it's just like, moral of the story, humans are freaking greedy. Mm. And I think this whole guy's moral of the TV series is like, if we can just find some sort of middle ground with everything, mm. we'll be okay. Mm. We don't have to go over the top with any industry. Yeah, he's like, I still love all this food and I don't want it to go away. you just got to find an option so we can keep it going. Yeah. Um, and then strongly recommends watching the one on seafood. Yeah. Like sushi was popularized by a religion and it was considered a cult religion at some point. Mm. Um, and this guy wanted to fund his church. So he's like, I'm going to make sushi popular and <laughs> made sushi popular in what it is today. And that, that was a crazy episode, a serial one. Uh, oh, yeah. So <laughs> serial was invented by the Kellogg's brothers to stop young men masturbating. So just let that sink in for a second. They thought giving um, bland cereal to men in the morning would bring their libido down so they wouldn't go and masturbate. They were part of a certain church. I can't remember what one it was, but they... You know, they thought masturbating was bad and you shouldn't do it and all that sort of stuff. And they thought cereal would mitigate that. And it's gone from that to what it is now. Fruit Loops. <laughs> just a what? sugary bowl of stuff that you should not eat. I just, it's just crazy to see how somebody thought of something and it's just not even close to that now. It's, it probably makes young men masturbate even more because yeah. of the sugar content. Yeah. 
Um, so it's crazy how that, there's just a couple of little things in there. And like, again, they touch on a heap of different things all about um, like Uber Eats and all the delivery services, how that's changing the industry as well. Uh, it is actually really well done. I liked it. Yeah, highly recommend. What was it called again? The Next Thing You Eat. And we watched it on Disney Plus, but I believe it's also on Hulu if anyone watches yeah. that. All right. Uh, listen to questions. What do we got? Okay. This one's for you. What are peptides? Jack says he does take them, but they are collagen peptides. Um, so I've never, I, this, this question came up uh, oh, maybe a couple of months ago. Somebody asked if I take peptides or am I on peptides or something like that. And no, I actually haven't. There's been collagen peptides in, a, in ATP's protein. protein. I don't know if they actually have them on the market anymore because peptides are, I don't, I don't take any type of peptides. Um, I don't actually believe there was peptides in this protein and that's why they had to take the branding off. Can you explain what the peptides are? Peptides are basically a... Just like a part of the, 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 the product of, pro, of protein, right? So yeah, uh, protein is made up of amino acids and peptides are made up of certain amino acids. So you combine a few certain uh, amino acids and you can make a peptide from that, which again, people are starting to claim that can heal your bones, heal your ligaments. Like there's certain peptides now that they'll inject into you and it, if you've got a sore knee, it will help your knee type thing. Oh. Or you can inject a peptide into your muscle and it can help the muscle repair. There's other sides of the story where people are saying, take this peptide and, and it will uh, decrease fat and increase muscle. There's, and like in my research, I even found a peptide now that can actually, I don't know how they were giving it to this uh, in, within the studies, but can actually reduce um, rage and manic episodes and all that sort of stuff. So it, it I, I don't touch it at all because it's very new and there's not, there's not enough studies or anything done on it. Like testosterone, there's a lot of um, studies. Like you can look up testosterone for days and do your own research and you can have a very well-informed opinion on whether you, it is for you or not because it's so well studied. You can literally say, I wanna do this, I'm this type of body type, I'm this old, I have this lifestyle, and then you can go through the studies and you can find out exactly if it's for you. Peptides is nothing like that. Mm. Um, I heard one scientist say it's the Wild West at the moment. Mm. People are claiming all sorts of stuff without proof. Um, I don't think I'll ever take it. Um, but realistically, if it is a like a building block of protein, if you have an adequate amount of protein in your diet, you would have an adequate amount of peptides, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes and no. I, I don't know enough. Mm. Yeah, and again, I, I haven't done a huge amount of research because I don't really want to take it. I don't care about it. Yeah. Um, like there's other supplements like creatine that I'll get more benefit out. I know is harmless, and <laughs> and it's fine to take. Um, you know, AXP's recovery probiotic. I know that's fine because there has been done. There's been double-blind peer-reviewed studies done on it. Like. I know it works because the science is there to back it up. Yeah. I don't. I. I've never. I haven't seen yet anybody to say this peptide builds muscle and you're going to get ripped. Here's the science behind it. 
it's more like a couple of bros took it. We think we got good results. Buy it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Be a science for now. I, I don't actually take peptides. Again, I did. It was advertised. It was in this certain protein. I don't think it was in pro. Like could have been, maybe a tiny little bit. And they're like, yeah, peptides in here, just to get, like a bit more sales and a bit trendy. Um, but I don't actually believe they have it on their labels anymore. Mm. Anyway. Interesting. Okay, last question, last thing for the day. How to push past that tiny hunger feeling while I'm in a calorie deficit? <laughs> <laughs> Why is that funny to you? <laughs> You're going to be hungry in a calorie deficit. Yeah, I would, yeah, that's, I think one thing you can do is, I'm completely unfood related, is just learn to become comfortable with feeling hungry. Mm. Hunger is not an emergency. Hunger is just your stomach sending a hormone signal to your brain saying oh we're getting a little empty maybe we should go get some food but if you're trying to lose weight then that is a relatively good sign i'm not saying you should starve yourself by any means but just use it as a cue if you are like suffering like from serious hunger pains then maybe you need to look at rearranging the meals you eat splitting the meals up instead of eating three meals a day maybe you need to look at eating five of the same but just split it up so you are getting something in your stomach a bit more often to mitigate that. Um, maybe try eating higher fiber foods, like more high volume, low calorie foods, like salads and vegetables and broccoli, rather than foods that are less filling and higher in calories, like fats and what else comes to mind? I don't know, nuts and seeds, like they're high in calories, mm. but they aren't going to fill you up. So just make wiser choices when it comes to meal times. And I think one trick that I use is if I feel hungry and then I go and have a glass of water and it goes away, I probably wasn't really hungry. I was yeah. just bored or I was looking for something else to take my mind off what I'm doing. Um, I was going to say that water generally... If you're drinking enough water, it will crave those hunger, like hunger pains. Like you shouldn't be in that much of a deficit. You're starving yourself. Yeah. Right. Um, is this our last question? Yeah. Yeah. Good. I'll upset a few people before we go there. <laughs> um, generally, you're wanting to lose weight or lose body fat because you're in too much of a comfort zone. Like we, you can eat any time of the day and your body puts on body fat like your body loves fat for storing fat because it's such a good energy for your body and it will store it all day long and you'll put on body fat because you're eating too much and you're in this constant state of eating mm -hmm. and people will go through their whole lives doing that and then as soon as that food's not there you freak out so um it you're not generally you're not actually hungry it's just your brain telling you you need to eat because we're used to eating and you're uncomfortable and it's okay to be uncomfortable i, I see it all the time people like and you don't you'll tell yourself and, and we went through this with the 75 hard challenge when we cut out a lot of shit food you tell yourself it's okay to eat this stuff and it's not okay like a lot of time you don't deserve those extra pastries or the extra pies or the extra dessert because you've done a hard workout or you've starved yourself for half a day. I've fasted for half a day, so I'm hungry, I'm gonna eat what I want. It's, mm. it's okay to be hungry and it's okay to be uncomfortable and just in, like, tell yourself to enjoy those moments and be okay with it. Like, yeah. Um, I just, yeah, I just 
people get too carried away of, oh, I'm hungry, I need to eat. Mm. And you don't need to eat. I think really trying to focus on mindfulness when you are going into a calorie deficit is super important because like you said, you're probably just eating for the sake of eating mm. because you've spent the last 10 years mindlessly shoveling food in and yeah. you haven't if when you eat your next meal just don't go on your phone don't watch tv just sit there and seriously think about the food you're eating think about how it feels how it smells how it tastes everything like really think about it and i can guarantee you'll be hung you'll be fuller for way longer you'll have way less hunger pains you'll be more grateful about the food you're eating like It'll just change a lot. Yeah, 100%. Think about the food you eat it because a lot of time when people go into a calorie deficit for the first time, they can't actually get there because they're hungry. So they'll go for the Mars bars or the Mm. chocolates or the cookies or the those three o'clock snacks. It's like you don't need it. Like think about what you're about to do. It's going to put you over your cal. Like you get that one cookie can put you in a calorie surplus. Yeah. Think about it. You don't like you don't deserve it. Like don't no matter how hard you've worked for it like you're trying to achieve something so achieve it and don't tell yourself these things that you need like you're just telling yourself you need it you don't actually need it to make yourself feel okay for having it yeah just i often look at the thing that i am about to eat and i'm like do i really want this or could i wait another two hours or an hour Mm. until like do i really want it is this piece of food going to move me closer or further away from my goal yeah great question and obviously we hit a um, point on that question so we'll leave it there yep um cool thanks again everybody for tuning in and we'll talk to you in the next episode bye